Welcome to Skin Earth Vitality, where ancient wisdom meets modern vitality. I'm Emily Davis, a holistic esthetician and herbalist, and I'm pleased to invite you to join me as we unlock the secrets of ancient skincare practices as we explore the beauty of seasonal living, herbalism, and true holistic well-being for you and the broader ecosystem. Thank you so much for spending your time with me today. I don't take that lightly. I'm so grateful. As we begin, I want to invite you to take a deep breath. Drop your shoulders if they've climbed up near your ears. Unclench your jaw if it's feeling tense. And just integrate into the container that we are creating together today. Today's episode is for you. If you feel sort of lost when you're walking down the skincare aisle or if you're depending on the help of the person who works at Sephora or Ulta or if you feel like you get caught up in a influencer on Instagram or TikTok telling you about what skincare works for their unique skin, or even if you are dependent on an esthetician or a dermatologist to tell you what products you should be using on your skin, even if that esthetician is me, especially if that esthetician is me. I want to equip you with the base knowledge that a professional would have so that you can feel empowered when picking skincare for yourself. Obviously, you're not going to walk away from a 30-minute episode uh, having all of the knowledge that a professional would have, but just like skincare 101. And this is the first in a series that I'm doing that's going to take us into the next couple of weeks all about how to select the best skincare for your skin. I'm going to be breaking down each product category, starting with cleansers and moving in through the um, routine that you would be doing step by step. And just getting into the nitty gritty of each product category, what ingredients you should look for, what ingredients I recommend that you avoid um, from my personal perspective, um, what specific type of that product would be best for different skin types and skin conditions, which we're going to get into figuring out our skin types and conditions today. So my goal in this uh, series is to remind you that you are your own best healer. And maybe you have an esthetician or a dermatologist who you work with, and that's a fantastic way to resource yourself. But at the end of the day, they are not your healer for your skin. You are. You are your healer. And when you understand your skin better, going to make everything that you do with those practitioners all the more powerful because you're not just being told 
what to do. You're making informed decisions based on your own discernment. When my clients take the time to really get to know their body and their skin intimately, those are the ones who I see have the best results. So doing this is a wonderful way to add to the professional relationship that you have with your skincare therapist. So I want to note first that skincare is the frosting, but lifestyle is the cake. Having your lifestyle on lock is the foundation that you need to create lasting change in your skin. Skincare treatments alone are not going to create that lasting change if you're not honoring your body, your vessel with intentional practices in your life. And this is why I created the Rooted Well community. It's a membership that I launched earlier this month that's designed to help women reconnect with their innate vitality. The unique approach that I use to assist in this restoration, reconnection with vitality is through ancestral skill building and practices and seasonal living. And what I mean by that is all of the day-to-day lifestyle practices that we as a human race have practiced for thousands and thousands of years that have been handed down through generations that we have forgotten that have been lost to time during modern times. So things like from scratch cooking and kitchen herbalism and fermentation and um, circadian living and seasonal living and all of the things that are kind of innate to our human experience that we don't participate in because we live in convenience culture. Um, There's nothing wrong with convenience, but we are seeing our bodies, our ancient bodies, being afflicted by modern diseases. And I think that we can have a better health outcome, that we can have better skin and restored vitality through getting back to our roots in this way. So for example, the month of February, the focus is from scratch cooking, and I see this as such a cornerstone in our vitality and of course in our skin because the food that we eat and the way that it comes to us is all an information code. It's a code that we're taking into our being and we are recreating ourselves with this all the time. So it's not just a group that gives you recipes and challenges you to do it from scratch. It's a space where you can examine the way that you relate to the world and your own body in such a way that fills your cup and reconnects the spark of innate vitality already in there. And that may have been pushed to the side or may have been depleted from sitting under fluorescent lights all day or overextending yourself day in and day out all year round. So if this sounds like something that you would be interested in, the beta version of the community is currently accepting new members. 
So you can head to the link in my bio uh, on Instagram. You can head to my website. Of course, I'll put it in the show notes how you can get signed up. And I would so love to see you in there. It's so much fun. Honestly, I made it for myself because I couldn't find something else that was out there like this. And I've loved it. So I hope that you join. All right, so before you start making any decisions about what skincare to buy, we want to have some intention behind it. I'm sure that everyone can relate to wasting their money on the new hot thing only to find out that it maybe isn't a good fit for your skin or it causes issues on your skin. And so understanding our skin and then understanding what that skin needs is essential. So in our little crash course on skin today, the first thing that I want to talk about is skin type. And this is like esthetician school 101. This is what you learn on the first day, basically, um, after sanitation. (laughs) So you have your skin type and that's what you're born with. And then you have skin conditions and those are your current condition of your skin. So your skin type is really just where on the scale between oily and dry does your skin sit. And most people are not going to sit on one extreme or the other. They're just going to be somewhere along the middle. And so I have a four-step process to determine where on that spectrum your skin is. And what you want to do first, step one, is begin with a clean face. So gently cleanse your skin with a mild cleanser, not one that burns your skin off. Um, We want one that's going to Uh, not affect it as much as possible. So a very mild cleanser. And then step two is to wait. You want to wait at least an hour to let your skin adjust and normalize. And then step three is probably the most difficult of all of these steps. Um, But you want to observe your and evaluate your pores objectively. So the small openings in your skin. And definitely don't do this in a magnifying mirror. Don't do anything with a magnifying mirror. It's not doing you any favors. Um, So in just a regular mirror, you're going to look at your pores and you're going to determine if they're on the larger side or if they're on the smaller side. And it may be helpful to get on Google and Google the difference between large pores and small pores so that you can have a frame of reference. And you may notice that you have larger pores in the T-zone. Maybe you have smaller pores on the outside, but get a good look and a good evaluation. And then step four is to assess the texture. So gently feel your skin's texture with your fingertips. Notice if there's any oily residue after that hour is over. Notice if it's dry feeling, if it's rough or tight. And just take note of all of these things. And if you find that your pores, aka the hair follicle, if you find that those are larger, 
then that generally means that you uh, f- you tip towards the more oily side of that scale. And if your pores are less visible to almost invisible, then you are going to tip towards the drier side of the scale. If you noticed that you have an oily residue after an hour, that's a good sign that you are more oily. And if it felt really rough, if it felt really tight, that's a good sign that you're probably more on the dry side. It's much more rare for somebody to have a true oily skin. Dry skin is more common. Um, But of course, that's not to say that there's not oily skin types. So after you've determined this, it can help you with your product selection and Sit tight, stay tuned for the next couple of episodes, especially the oil episode, the moisturizer episode. That will really help you to determine what ingredients are appropriate for this skin type. Um, But this is a really great place to start and a great place to feel empowered with your skin. So your skin type is your type. Generally speaking, it sticks with you for life. It does generally also dry out in the later years of life, but for the most part, we have that skin type and it stays with us. And then we have our skin conditions, and that's what's currently going on with our skin. Your skin can have a condition that lasts a couple of days such as a breakout, or your skin can have a condition that lasts for years. And these are the things that you're generally trying to work on with uh, an esthetician or potentially with a dermatologist. This is like where you will target your skincare if you are trying to make changes with your skin. So the most common skin conditions include acne and congested skin. This is characterized by the formation of breakouts or blackheads or whiteheads. And acne occurs when hair follicles become clogged with oil and dead cells. This can occur in both dry or oily skin. So that's why it's important to determine your skin type first. Because you can have acne and you can have dry skin and you can also have acne and you can have oily skin. And the way that you choose the ingredients and the products is going to be totally different. I always think of proactive with this. I don't even know if they still make proactive. Uh, but back in in my day, in the early 2000s, Um, I remember Kelly Clarkson just always hawking proactive and I thought that I needed it because she needed it and I have always had drier skin and that is made for severely oily skin. Most acne products are made for oily acne. So if you have dry acne, you're going to take a little bit of a different approach, which we will get into. Don't you worry. The next uh, common skin condition is dehydration. This is another one that can happen in oily skin or in dry skin. All of the conditions can happen in oily skin or dry skin. But dehydration can be kind of tricky because it can make you think that you have 
dry skin if you have oily, dehydrated skin. So dehydration is a lack of water in the skin rather than a lack of oil. And the best way to tell if your skin is dehydrated, generally really small, shallow, fine lines, especially when you're under the age of 35 to 40, are often a sign of dehydration. And if you look in the mirror and pinch your skin together on, like, say, your forehead, and let go, if it uh, goes back into place very slowly and you've got like a little line that hangs out there for a minute, that's a really good sign that your skin is dehydrated. So dehydration, again, is lack of water. And while drinking water is important, not drinking enough water isn't always the culprit behind dehydrated skin. Usually when I tell somebody that their skin's dehydrated, the first thing they say is, oh my gosh, how is that possible? I drink so much water. Well, the reason that that's possible is because we have a layer of oil on the surface of our skin. It's called our lipid barrier. And if that is compromised, water can actually evaporate out of the skin, especially where I live in Colorado. It's so arid here that it's very easy for water to evaporate out of the skin. And that's how your skin can be dehydrated, but skincare can help. The next common skin condition is hyperpigmentation. So this is hyper means excess and of course pigmentation. So this is excessive dark patches on the skin and it's caused by increased melanin production And this can come from excessive sun exposure. It can come from uh, inflammation. It can come from hormonal changes, from um, medications that we're taking. Different uh, foods that we eat can make us more prone to hyperpigment in the sun. And hyperpigmentation is definitely one of the most difficult skin conditions to treat. And so prevention of this is really important if you are prone to hyperpigmentation. Um, So we'll talk about this when we get into the different products and the different ingredients. But I'm a big fan of lifestyle in order to prevent hyperpigmentation, intuitive sun exposure, um, and then eating a ton of antioxidants. There is some evidence to show that cod liver oil supplementation can prevent that. Of course, I'm not a doctor and this is not medical advice, um, but something to plant a seed that you can look up and make a informed decision for yourself. The next common skin condition is dermatitis. And this is basically a blanket statement for inflammation in the skin. Uh, eczema, psoriasis, um, any type of a rashy situation, anything that's characterized with um, redness, itchiness, irritation. And this can be from a genetic predisposition. It can come from environmental factors. Uh, All kinds of different things can contribute to dermatitis flare-ups. 
And the last common skin condition that I want to talk about, although it's certainly not, these are not uh, the only skin conditions, it's not an exhaustive list, Um, but rosacea. Rosacea leads to facial redness. Generally, you'll see visible blood vessels at the onset of rosacea. Sometimes it can look like acne. It generally starts as redness on the cheeks and the nose, and over time it can become worsened. Rosacea is most common in females over the age of 40, white females over the age of 40. And triggers include sunlight, heat, stress, gut dysbiosis, certain foods like spicy foods, alcohol, So armed with this knowledge, you are now ready to select skincare that can be targeted toward the skin condition that you're currently working with and the skin type that you have. But I think that we need a little bit more information. This is a great base, but I would really like to dive into what's going on under the hood so that you can understand why I as a holistic esthetician make the choices that I make. So we want to start with understanding the three-part skin barrier. So we've got three parts to this barrier on the surface of our skin that's our first line of defense for our immune system and for our skin. This three-part barrier is both physical and chemical. So the parts include the lipid barrier, which is made up of sweat, oil, skin cells. And this is a physical barrier that is the one that I was talking about before that keeps uh, water from evaporating out of the skin. It's the lipid barrier. The second part is a diverse ecosystem of microbes. This is your skin's microbiome. So just like your gut has a microbiome, our skin also has a microbiome. And this is both physical and chemical because these microbes repel unwanted microbes, but they also send chemical messages like little text messages to the skin cells below. And it's really cool because your skin's microbiome also talks to your gut microbiome through hormone signaling, and they communicate back and forth, which I just think is so cool. And then finally, there's the pH of this whole situation is slightly acidic, and this is a chemical barrier that repels unwanted organisms. So disruption in the integrity of any of these three things will cause disruption in the other two. And understanding the state of your skin barrier will help you to make more informed decisions about what skincare products are going to support you best. So the signs of a disrupted barrier or signs that your barrier needs a little love include chronically red or inflamed skin, dull, lackluster, or rough texture. If you have a slow wound healing response, so if you get a breakout and it is really slow to heal, that's a great sign that your skin barrier is disrupted. 
if you have rosacea, eczema, any type of dermatitis, psoriasis, if you have acne and breakouts, or if your skin is dry and dehydrated, those are all signs that your skin barrier needs a little love. And this is very common. A lot of conventional skincare products disrupt your skin's microbiome. Um, and not to be a fear monger in any way, but even the chlorine that we shower with, chlorine is an antibiotic. And so it's um, going to be killing the microbes on the surface of your skin and it can disrupt your skin barrier as well. So it's very, very common to have a disrupted skin barrier. It's one of the first things that you want to address if you're trying to heal any form of um, skin condition. And I will talk about what you can do. So keep tuning into the series and I'll talk about what you can do when it comes to skincare for healing your barrier. So aside from the barrier, I also want to discuss, um, skin cells and, the cell-to-cell communication that is really important. So our skin cells all talk to each other and they basically are, again, texting each other all day long so that they can effectively work together so that they can repair damage and prevent dark spots and prevent um, different issues like acne and dermatitis. So we want to support their ability to talk together. So this gets back to lifestyle, a healthy diet, rich in antioxidants, healthy fat, adequate hydration, effective sleep and rest. These are all going to support the cell-to-cell communication. But in addition to that, ingredients like antioxidants, vitamin A, vitamin C, niacinamide, plant-based peptides and ceramides, these are all going to be cellular communication uh, or products that improve cellular communication. And I will do an entire episode on microneedling, but microneedling can also improve cell-to-cell communication. And then finally, I want to talk about the hydration of your skin cells. So just like how you need water to stay hydrated and healthy, your skin cells do too. When they're hydrated, they're plump and happy and your skin looks fresh and dewy. Plus, hydrated skin cells can talk better together and they can do their job more effectively. So this does have to do with good quality hydration, so meaning enough water intake, enough mineral intake, and sunlight at the right times of day. But in addition, topical hydration is also important. So you can't just put oil or balm on your skin. It needs to be mixed with a water-based tonic like a flower water or a hydrosol. And I'll get into that in the serums and tonics episode in a couple of weeks. But we want to be sure that we are supporting this hydration. We also want to support the skin cell membrane. The membrane is like a gatekeeper for each cell, controlling what goes in and what goes out. It's like this little fat layer on the outside and it's permeable. 
So it lets some stuff in, it lets some stuff out, but we want to make sure that our hydration is on point so that it doesn't become brittle and ineffective. So hydration, like I was just talking about topically and internally. And then we also want to make sure that we're taking in enough healthy fats and that we're applying high quality fats to the surface. So the final thing that you're going to want to understand is a little bit about cosmetic ingredient decks. And so that'll be part of this series. I'll be talking about what you'll look for on the ingredient decks, what ingredients are helpful, what ingredients you should steer clear of. So until then, I hope that this episode gave you something to chew on. I hope that it made you feel a little bit more informed about your body. And I hope that it got you excited to break down each product type moving forward. If you enjoyed it, if you felt that this helped you, I would really appreciate it if you would share it with somebody who you think could also benefit. And I will chat with you again next week.